It's the show where we take you inside the game before the game begins. It's it's the pregame. With your host, Charles Bishop and Neely. So get ready because we pregame harder than the other show's party. It's the pregame. This is the Dean of the College of HBCU Sports, Kenyatta Cavill of Dr. Cavill's Inside the HBCU Sports Lab with Mike Washington and Charles Bishop. Come mix it up in the lab where the course lecture is in session every Tuesday from 6 o'clock p.m. Central Standard Time on Facebook Live, YouTube, Spreaker, or the BCSN app. As we discuss all things about the HBCU sports culture, including exploring the week that was in the sporting HBCU dashboard as well as the upcoming week of HBCU Sports. With me, the Dean, the College of HBCU Sports, on Dr. Cavill's Inside HBCU Sports Lab with Mike Watson and Charles Bishop. Course lecture dismissed. This is Brian Fulford. A.D. Drew and I are co-hosts of the BCSN Sports Wrap. We talk about all things related to HBCU athletics, from the games, teams, coaches, and fan interest stories. We cover it all. You can find our shows on Facebook at BCSM Sports Wrap, YouTube at MyJBN Online, and everywhere you listen to podcasts like Anchor, Spotify, Google, and Apple Podcasts. You can also find the show on the Jericho Broadcast Network's app. Make sure to download. We look forward to you joining the conversation and being a part of the show. And he picks up a... Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and for all those who's listening and watching it from around the world. And we are now live from the corner of Dalton and Lindstrom. It's the show where we take you inside the game before the game begins. It's indeed the pregame. With your host, Charles Bishop and Neely. So get ready, because we pregame harder than the other show's party. It's the pregame. Welcome in to the pregame show as we are starting to wind down fall camp. We are 10 days away uh, from Jackson State and Florida AM. Myself, Charles Bishop, Neely, we're coming to you with week three, if you will, of fall camp. I tell you what, man, uh, Neely, little storyline today. A lot of rain in the Jackson area. Uh, but the team has adjusted well to uh, uh, still getting this preparation in for the Florida a game. Yes, yeah, certainly. Uh, we have had, man, a lot of rain uh, this week. Monday was pushed indoors. There was a little bit of time that we got uh, to enjoy uh, outdoors on Tuesday, but still had to go in. And uh, today was fully inside. Uh, it is rain, 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 and more rain. But the Tigers are making the most of it. Uh, using the uh, three basketball courts inside of the Walter Payton Center versus the turf field outside. Uh, so still going through some mechanics, mostly mental reps uh, and uh, just uh, conditioning and that kind of thing. It's not like they got pads on and hitting each other on the basketball court. 
uh, you know, but we were strength and conditioning wise ahead of schedule, install wise ahead of schedule. Uh, so this has not, no pun intended, put a dampening on the uh, preparation for FAMU. Uh, but there's also no mistake about it. You would much rather be outside on that turf practice field, truly doing some mechanics. But we are making the best and most of this weather and just hope for everybody's you know, safety and well-being doing all these storms that are moving through. Uh, with rain in the forecast the rest of the week, you know, flash flooding all across the South. Well, let's get right into it, man. Uh, we had a scrimmage this past uh, weekend. Uh, and, you know, when we talk about fall camp, uh, that first scrimmage, uh, we both kind of said defense kind of got the best of the offense. This scrimmage here, I think the offense kind of clawed back in there and, uh, you know, they, they had a pretty good go of it. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think that, uh, you know, you just look at it on the surface that the uh, the defense won scrimmage one and it wasn't close. And uh, you look on the surface of uh, scrimmage two, the offense won. And that's the kind of narrative you want. You want a unit to be able to go back in and adjust, make some changes uh, and come back out and be more dominant. And so, you know, if you if you're scoring the scrimmage, which sometimes can be difficult to do because there is some it's almost like the WWE, man, there's a little scripting to it. You know, as far as <laughs> there's a format, now it's you know it, it is real, but there's some scripting to it as far as the play calling and, and that sort of thing. But I certainly think that the offense uh, got the better of it this past scrimmage. Now, I will say this, Chuck. Mm. Got a, we got a segment we're going to share with you guys tonight that uh, you know we were uh, all access pass uh, from Coach Prime, so we're sitting in on staff meetings and also team talks. Uh, so we have for you guys tonight when the coaches addressed the team after the scrimmage. Uh, and so you'll, you'll hear, you know, that uh, the, the offense, uh, you know, did what they did and the defense was uh, lackluster. But I do want to point this out, and I have to point it out. If you go by scrimmage one and if you go by scrimmage two, let me tell you what has not happened. Are you ready for this, Chuck? Go for it. Defense one has yet to be scored on. Wow, that that's that's an important uh, footnote uh, in, in terms of a storyline going through this fall camp. And I want our listening audience to hear that again. Defense one has not been scored. No, they have not. Uh, when they have gone against the ones, the ones have not scored on them. Uh, when they've gone against the twos and threes, they, they've not been scored on. Uh, so when the defense won the scrimmage, the first scrimmage, uh, it was a byproduct of that. And even in the second scrimmage, which I'm sitting here telling you, when you look at the totality of it, the offense got the better of the day. I also have to acknowledge that betterment of the day was not against the ones. It was against a total game plan for that afternoon, if you will, that morning. Uh, sorry, if you will. Uh, so when you look statistically at it uh, and when you see when the ones are out there on defense, when, when mm -hmm. defense unit one is out there, so far, they they haven't been scored on. You know, a question that I get a lot uh, is sort of a breakdown of the position groups. Uh, and when you're talking about uh, defense one, that, that first string defense, uh, who are the sort of the standouts that have caught your eye thus far? Well, you know, you're going to hear some of that tonight, Chuck. And just like in good legal terms, a lot of it has been redacted. Hmm. And here's why. We want to hmm. provide our audience with all kinds of information. But we also do not want to provide our opponents with there all kinds of information. So when you hear the team talk later on in this episode and when you hear uh, the staff meeting, the coaches only meeting that we were a part of, 
you're not going to hear names and numbers. You're going to hear critiques and things that need to be worked on, but they're not going to be talking about players by position or name because we took that part out because we understand, fam, you watches the pregame show. <laughs> so please don't put any comments in there. Why are you trying no, to that, No, no, no. Chuck, the comments, <laughs> comments are coming because you're going to hear Coach Prime say, who are your best guys? And we rolled it to another piece of footage right there. And somebody's going to comment, oh, man, I want to hear who did what and who didn't do this. Yeah, and Willie Simmons wants to hear too, y'all. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to all gather around the TV this Saturday, and we're going to watch uh, FAMU and North Carolina play, and we're going to take us some notes. But we'll be damned if we're going to give them notes on us. Like, we'll do that in Miami when they adjust at halftime and we're up 21-0. to so you're going to see some inside stuff, but there are going to be some key details. So get ready. There are going to be some key details missing from it. And that's so we can maintain competitive advantage and not have a lot of information out there before week one. Of course, when we start playing ball and we got game footage out there, that scenario changes. But as we're going through fall camp, even though we've had a, a public scrimmage or two, the angle of the fans or even the angle of the footage we shoot, we don't put – uh, total plays out there on the internet we just you know show you a burst here or there so that's all done just to protect the integrity of the process as we go through installs uh so chuck you know there are some some names that you're going to see and hear that you hear you know about dominant players who've really you know been hitting it hard out there in fall camp whether it's on the d-line which is a much improved d-line yes sir talking to, talking yes, to coach sir. jeff weeks today about their speed i mean this is a d-line that is much faster than last year's unit uh, and and that depth at going on back to linebacker and even in the secondary, it's a very talented group. And I, I'll go out on the limb, and you may remember, Chuck, this time last year, I went out on the limb and said the 2021 defense was going to be one of the best, if not the best defense in Jackson State history. Of course, all the historians attacked Neely and said, no way that won't happen. And by the time we got to October and November, they were like, damn, Neely, you were right. So I'm telling you right now, Write it down. This defense yes. is structured to be more dominant than last year's defense, which is going to put them in that pantheon of great defenses at Jackson State. This 2022 unit is uh, is dominant. They're nasty. They're fast. Uh, and they are individually and collectively talented. Uh, I, and I think I, I caught some of that blowback last year as well in terms of comparing their defense to some of the historically great Jackson State defense is the, we've had a lot yeah the, 80, the the eighty seven defense the ninety six defense come to mind uh, uh, those were some phenomenal defense ninety nine defense uh, but statistically last year compared and we're seeing uh, a, 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 another group uh, that could be right there in that top ten in terms of uh, statistically great uh, Jackson State defenses of course they got a put it out there on the field. We got 10 days until we see Florida A&M University, but uh, looking forward to our fan base seeing this very salty, aggressive, fast group up close. And I, and I think it's our depth. You know, a lot of uh, folks, uh, rightly so, have been talking about, man, how, how do you replace a James Houston, uh, who's now playing for uh, the Detroit Lions and, and causing a lot of uh, uh, hell and, uh, and scorched earth like he did here at Jackson State for them. So looking forward to him making that roster and, and getting playing time. Uh, you know, a lot of people are saying, man, how how do you replace a guy like that? And I'm telling you, we've done it and not just done it with one person. There are two or three James Houstons out there, you know, coming from opposite edges, opposite defensive end positions, 
uh, and the linebacking core has gotten stronger. What is going on right now mechanically is the coaches are still working on that final depth chart as far as who's going to travel, you know, to Miami, you know, for home games, like when we get here for September 17th for the WC Gordon, uh, you know, you have a hundred guys out there dressed, but you're only taking about 65, uh, maybe 70 tops, you know, to Miami. And so you're really looking at the depth and who's going to participate and who's going to do what. And special teams is not just a place where you drop somebody, you know, you got to be special to be on there for Deion Sanders uh, with the value that he places on special teams. So, uh, right now, just identifying, you know, that structure as far as who travels uh, week one, uh, probably be a larger group with Memphis just being a short ride for week two. Uh, but some of those nuances going going through uh, have not designated QB two yet. Uh, expect that to happen at least by Saturday. We have one more uh, padded practice this Saturday. You know, if the weather allows us to do it. Uh, mm-hmm. And that's primarily it's going to be like the uh, those final preseason games in the NFL. What you ha- what you'll see this weekend is going to mostly be the threes versus the twos. Uh, mm-hmm. The one the ones probably won't get a lot of action. Wouldn't be surprised if some of the ones didn't get any action at this point. Uh, but you're going to have you know you look at that that O line. You know you you know who 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 five or six are that you got, and you're looking for those final three slots. So it's going to be some stiff competition this weekend. This weekend. Uh, going into when the team departs, you know, you talk about that game being 10 days away with well, departure is just seven days away because mm-hmm. uh, the team is out of here on next Thursday. So a lot of uh, uh, I's to dot and T's to cross uh, within the next seven days. No doubt about it. Well, you got some great content in terms of the coaches addressing the team uh, post scrimmage too. Let's take a look at that. I promise y'all it's coming. smart 
you didn't play tough, you didn't play fast, and discipline was out the window. And some of you have no character. You did what you wanted to do. Name one guy. Raise your hand if you think you played well. Be honest. You're right. Even though some of you guys may have made a couple plays, you also gave up plays too. On no level, up front, linebacker, secondary, did we play even close to winning football. <clears throat> you guys will look at me like I'm crazy. I would if, if we were in the NFL, I'd cut about 25 of y'all and play with 15. But you guys keep looking at us like we're crazy. Stop looking at the coach like he's crazy. He's trying to help you. You guys get out there and just play whatever kind of way you want to play. You don't play discipline. You go back and revert to whatever you did when you thought you were good. We're not very good when we play independent football. Defense is a cohesive unit. We have to be banded together. Some of you guys don't understand that. Stop playing so much damn foosball and all that crap out there, okay, if you can't study and prepare. That's only fun and games when you're ready to play. But no, book out, shoot pool, play ping pong, play foosball, play whatever you guys want to play. We play in 15 days. Are y'all ready to play? I'm going to take responsibility for this one. But when some of y'all are sitting here and not playing, don't come in my office and ask me why. Uh, that's, that's it. That's it for the day, right, guys? That's it for the day. I need to be coach. That's it for the day. Guys, please don't do anything crazy this evening. Okay? Do not get in no trouble. Do not. I know a bunch of y'all going to. What's the little thing they got on campus? Uh, the merge. The merge? Yeah, y'all going to that. Uh, don't go in there stunning like y'all, all of that and all of this, man. Just blend in, do your thing. Don't get in no foolishness. Don't get in no mess. Because I'm not going to be able to save you when you do. I'm going to try my best. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to always stand on the side of right. I'm going to always take that stand. So be careful, guys, and don't have a – we letting y'all a little earlier than we would normally do. So please don't take advantage of this and do nothing crazy that's going to cost you an uh, opportunity that can cost you. Uh, lifetime regret. There you go. Lifetime of regret. I like that. I love it. I love it. So we good for the day. Proud of y'all. Uh, most of y'all played well. Um, some of y'all didn't. And it is what it is. Coaches, let's sit down and go over this film, talk about it, and see how we can make this a better club football team. Because we got to dominate this year. We good, guys. Don't leave nothing in here, please. You know, Neely, nobody can say our Jackson State coaches sugarcoat anything, bro. Uh, you get it unvarnished right here on the pregame show. Uh, that was their assessment. 
uh, of scrimmage to in terms of what went right, what went wrong. Uh, that's Dennis Thurman for any of your corporate speaking engagements. If you want to motivate your team, uh, <laughs> I tell you what, he laid it out. Yeah, he did. Let, let's let's go with the uh, with the offense first. Uh, I, I think when you heard uh, offense coordinator Brett uh, Bartoloni uh, speak to his unit, that's about as close as a compliment as, as you know he could give. Because uh, mm-hmm. he, I think he is aware that the offense uh, performed well, and and pointing out that QB one Shador Sanders uh, didn't participate in in scrimmage two. Uh, he was a, a coach, if you will. Uh, helping with the play signals and watching the installs and, and that kind of thing. Uh, so you had the, uh, uh, the the twos and threes and fours as far as quarterback goes, leading those offensive units. And so he was he was pleased, you know, but he also saw that there's some consistency issues with the offense that has to get fixed. But I think he was aware post scrimmage uh, that they were able to take advantage of some things, particularly downfield, uh, because as a unit, uh, the wide receiver unit on this past Saturday uh, at scrimmage too, whether uh, you know, it was someone in that first four rotation, the second four or third four, because that room is deep. Uh, everybody ate. It was a it was a feast for the wide receivers out there, uh, which is why now going to uh, Dennis Thurman, uh, Chuck, which is why you hear him with the tone he had, because one thing that uh, neither of these position coaches have, they don't have different standards for different units. You know, if right. you're with the first team, second team or third, the standard is the standard and the standard is non-negotiable. Uh, so even though. Uh, uh, defensive unit one had some guys missing uh, and was not out there a lot together. And so uh, group two and three were being picked apart. When you get in this meeting room, that was still a defensive core performance. So that's why you heard his tone about who he would cut and, and that time is of the essence and stop playing, you know, in the game room out there uh, that Coach Prime has put together for these players uh, and focus on your, on your film and, and know your assignments and your alignment and your technique. Uh, so he he was he was up he was upset. Uh, so he is not going to negotiate down just because you're the third defensive tackle. You know the third is held to the same standard uh, as D tackle one is. So uh, you heard in his voice, man, that look that wasn't acceptable, and I'm gonna take mm. this taking it anymore after this. It's gonna be on y'all, and you're either not gonna be on his team or especially not traveling if that's the best effort you can give him. There it is, uh, right there, unvarnished. Uh, one did one thing I did want to point out. Uh, a lot of people ask about special teams, and that was uh, a group that was highlighted by Coach Prime this past weekend, uh, where he mentioned he quoted, "I love the kicking game uh, in terms of what, what they what these guys have accomplished in fall camp." Uh, so, uh, you know, th- this team is coming together. You 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 see the offense uh, had a great weekend this past. Uh, scrimmage the defense probably carried the day in the scrimmage one uh but again we talk about you want to be peaking going into Miami next week. and I think we are uh I, I think we're just that I think as you said Chuck that scrimmage one the defense carried the day particularly that defensive line was very dominant uh with their lateral movement you know getting uh into the backfield stopping running backs before they could uh break it all the way outside and turn up field on a couple of sweeps that were running that kind of thing uh and then I think uh the second uh, scrimmage. It was the wide receivers who had the better today. Uh, T.C. Taylor really had them prepared uh, and focused on their craft that week in their film room. Uh, and, and speaking of film, y'all, one of the things that happens here is that mm. the coaches are able to see which players have logged in and watched film and the time they have spent watching film. That report even goes to Coach Prime per unit and per player. 
And here is the funny thing that has stood out this week between scrimmages heading into, into this next one. The players who have watched the most film perform the best. Hmm. Uh, interesting correlation there. <laughs> interesting correlation. Uh, you know, g- give you a couple of names, for instance. You look down there, you see a Dallas Daniels uh, or a uh, Willie Gaines, and where someone next to them has watched 15 minutes of film, they've watched 42 minutes of film, and they went out there and had great days this past weekend. So there's a correlation uh, in the classroom as well as in the film room. You know, the more you study, the better you perform. So, they, you know, this this final phase here, man, you're going to see a lot of, tough talk from the coaches because this is a non-negotiable standard here. Uh, and we're not trying to go down to Miami and get out of there with a seven to six. We're trying to dominate. You know, yeah. we want to dominate the entire season. We want to go undefeated, win a swag championship, win a celebration bowl, uh, but not 10 to seven, not seven to six. We want to show uh, that this program has built something here and these guys are capable of playing at the next level and against anybody. Uh, speaking of non-negotiable standard, more great content we were able to get in terms of Coach Prime meeting with the staff uh, after uh, they met with the team. So, AD, let's roll that. Well, for, before we hit play on that, I got to tell you a quick Dennis Thurman story today because you, y'all heard, if you don't know, know Dennis Thurman, you can go Google Dennis Thurman slash Harold Carmichael and just watch that hit when Dennis Thurman was with the Cowboys. But Dennis Thurman, the way you just heard a second ago, he's like that all the time. Nice guy. I mean – respectful, mannerable, you know, yeah. cracks folks. But when he's dialed in, he's dialed in. Chuck, they happen to be – I've been been here all day, embedded with the program all day. They happen to be uh, – the Baltimore Ravens were in town. And when scouts come, sometimes they bring something, and they brought donuts today. So somebody told me it was donuts in the break room. Just as, <laughs> just as I'm opening the lid, I hear, hey, don't eat them donuts. And it's Dennis Thurman. <laughs> Hey, man. And if Dennis Thurman says, hey, I know I jumped. <laughs> that, that, that lid slowly went down. And then I looked at him. I said, man, I don't play for you. I'm going to eat me a donut. <laughs> That's classic. That's classic. <laughs> oh, well, A.D., let's take a look at uh, Coach Prime meeting with the staff after the scrimmage. Let's roll that. That means he's Yeah. 
we can't say, hey, this is a special team together. That's something they got to do. Yeah. When he showed today that he is not physically capable of doing both. Take him off. Uh, Break down this. It ain't no man of hope. It's like right now, it ain't, this ain't no hope team. This yeah. is like when we go out there, when we get on that plane, we're going to know who starts. We're going to know this guy goes down. That's the next move. It ain't no indecisiveness that we're going with. We're going to know who's who. That, that's how we got to approach that. What you got to do? Doing a good job of finishing the day. Uh, wasn't real proud of how physical they was on the crack racks, you know what I'm saying, replacing things like that. Uh, but that's just who they are. We just got to just keep working and try to get more consistent. Using his hands, but just down the field work, that's where he got in a lot of trouble. But, uh, you know, it is what it is with those guys. They just got to keep working. We're finding the ball. shoot every day now. We're, we're doing our endo in the shoot. That's our endo. So we're just really emphasizing that. He's getting to the spot. He's making his calls pretty good. I'm happy with what he's doing. So he can be that short yardage back. You know, so those the top four guys, we got a real good room. You know, we're explosive. They know their assignments, their alignment. Uh, we, as far as execution, we had one ball on the ground, one too many. We blew one uh, protection as far as, you know, defense bringing a safety so we got to scan better. But overall, they know their assignments, so we've got to take the extra step to make sure we don't miss those assignments. Uh, but they're showing some toughness in, in uh, protection. They will step up and put their nose in the fan. Uh, but a good group. They're very coachable. So. But with those top four, we can we, we, we run the football. Yeah. Yeah. Ain't, ain't nobody he's, he's going to get to it. Mm -hmm. he, he, he's that kind of guy over the field. He's running the field. I challenged him yesterday because we were so. I feel like we can bring the energy that we used to bring. But today, I challenged him today to uh, be physical and extend plays. But that's it. Let's get our stuff together on the defensive side of the Neely, a couple notes that I took from that content there. Our standard is not theirs. Uh, Coach Prime mentioned that he made sure that the staff understood that uh, there was a, a disconnect between what the players uh, think is good and what the coaching staff thinks is good. So uh, great dynamite content in terms of taking a peek in, ter uh, in, in terms of looking at this Jackson State staff and how they are fleshing things out, getting ready for next week.
Yeah, really a phenomenal conversation to be a part of or not necessarily part of, to be a fly on the wall. You know, he didn't call mm. on my assessment. Uh, so <laughs> I want to say I was a part of it on, on our behalf. But just once again, hats off uh, to Coach Prime for the access that he has allowed uh, the pregame show to have so that we can bring information and content out there to the fan base and just, you know, show how this program is managed uh, internally. Uh, and, and it's one of the things I want to underscore that we talked about at the beginning of the show. You can tell a lot of that conversation is missing, and that was by design. Uh, you know, we're not going to put out information about the flaws or tendencies of a player when we don't just have fans watching this program. We have future opponents watching this program, namely an opponent, you know, that's week one. So I know that there's a thirst out there for information of who they were talking about and what do they mean when they said this. Uh, just trust us. It's being fixed. It's being resolved. The arrow is pointing up, uh, but we're not trying to give fam, uh, fam you any any fodder or ammo uh, before we get to Miami and they, and they see that playbook in person for the first time. Uh, so some of the things you hear the coaches talking about in that coaches only meeting uh, were particular players or issues uh, that they need to focus on. Uh, then that was, you know, we were 15 days away. Now we are 10 days away. Uh, from the game, seven days away from traveling. Uh, so some of that stuff that you heard there is, is being cleaned up. But he, Coach Prime goes, you know, position by position, and everybody reports in uh, about what they think as far as the, their depth chart. Uh, mm-hmm. And he and he does have veto authority uh, when he sees something. I think what you can hear, even when he was talking to uh, Coach Marcus, an offensive line coach, he talked about a player playing too high. Like, he is a detailed guy, and yes. he sees those things. He's not just paying – close attention to the secondary, which is something he's intimately familiar with. Uh, He's paying attention to the offensive line, to the receivers, to the defensive line, and he knows the nuances and what it's supposed to look like. And you touched on it, Chuck, uh, uh, previously, his attention to special teams. Uh, And you heard it there. It's like, no, you know, you you don't – just because a guy is not performing well at linebacker, you don't put him on the flight or the bus so he can play special teams. Special teams is an important role. We want guys who want to be out there and have the uh, fortitude and the talent to be out there. It's not like it is in some high school clubs where you just, you know, dump kids uh, over the special teams because his mama fine and you don't want to kick him off the team. That ain't how – did I tell – maybe I told him myself. That ain't how it works here at Jackson State. You know, you, if you're going to be out there on special teams, you're going to perform. Uh, and so you just heard the, the mechanics and what goes into that decision-making process as we get this travel roster situated uh, with seven days before we get on the plane. No doubt. Well, as we get ready to kind of close things down tonight, uh, moving forward, and you touched on a little bit, uh, another padded practice this weekend, uh, mostly looking at uh, the twos and threes in terms of uh, getting those final uh, fine-tuning, if you will, ready uh, so the guys can make the plane, make the trip, if you will, going to Miami. Yeah, uh, particularly uh, uh, that designated QB2, uh, and also the depth at offensive line and just the overall units uh, that have some other depth to them, like which linebackers are going to go outside of the top four guys. Same thing with the secondary. So uh, this weekend, Chuck Will, as you said, a padded scrimmage uh, with mostly the threes versus the twos. Not that some ones won't get action, but it's not going to be necessarily an evaluation for them uh, because they've done what it, what it takes and they're ready to go. So really just kind of, uh, not trimming the fat as in cutting folks because they'll still be on the team, but just looking at the priorities for this trip and the game plan as we go to Miami for the Orange Blossom Classic. And on that note, uh, today, uh, which is uh, Wednesday, 
uh, was the first day that in the film room we really got into uh, family, mm. what they're about as far as their personnel and their tendencies. So we're going to be bringing you guys some of that content. However, the nuance is that that all of that is subject to change because FAMU has a week zero game. Uh, yes. So this is mostly film and tendencies from last year. Of course, we will know more as we gather to watch them play North Carolina on Saturday night. Uh, they play UNC Chapel Hill. So you'll see more of what their tendencies and nuances are for this coming season. But, you know, right now everything is all rose to lead to Miami and all focuses on the game planning for FAMU, be that all three phases of the game, offense, defense, and special teams. And uh, breaking news that came out this afternoon from our friends over at HBCU Game Day, but uh, uh, Jeremy Musa looks like he will get the star for FAMU this weekend. Uh, the 6'3", 225-pound uh, Vanderbilt transfer uh, looks like he will get the star for the Rattlers this weekend. So we'll get an opportunity to put our eyes on this Florida A&M football team against UNC uh, this weekend. Uh, of course, uh, they have various storylines that we will get into uh, in depth next week. We have uh, some great interviews with uh individual who covers uh, the Florida A&M Rattlers. But uh, when you see us next week, uh, we will be down there in South Beach as we bring it to you hot and heavy here on the pregame show. And we really get into the thick of things, getting ready for this Florida A&M football game. Uh, the Orange Blossom Classic, I tell you what, Neely, some of the old players, they're really excited. I talked to the 1962 Orange Blossom Classic MVP, Roy Curry Sr. today. He's excited. He's looking forward to watching this Jackson State Tigers take on FAMU. Uh, rich tradition with both football teams. Really looking forward to next week. It's going to be a lot of fun. It will be a lot of fun. You know, we have we do have one more Wednesday before we get out of here. So maybe bringing you some content then. Uh, something else to keep eye for. Uh, we have uh, part four of our final part in the sit down with Coach Prime at home with Coach Prime. Phenomenal sit down before we leave uh, to Miami. Also spent some time this week with Rob receiver coach T.C. Taylor uh, has a segment coming out soon. So you guys subscribe to YouTube, follow on Facebook and turn your notifications on because some good content coming uh, in addition to these live shows. And speaking of the live shows, Chuck, and speaking of South Beach, I told Coach Prime and now I'm going to tell you and our audience, one of these shows, you already laughing, you know, you know, <laughs> you, you know, something coming. One of these shows, Neely would be in a wife beater with his left nipple exposed. So, <laughs> I could almost set my timer to it. I knew it was coming, man. <laughs> well, I tell you what, man. Well, of course, our fan base is looking forward to Neely's Neely's left nipple yeah. out exposed yeah. next week. <laughs> but man, I tell you, you what, man. My Justin Timberlake here kind of pulled my shirt off to the side. You know, you. <laughs> I tell you what, well, great content. I'm glad you pointed that out in terms of some things for our fan base to look forward to. Uh, that is a phenomenal sit-down that you have with Coach Prime. Uh, and I tell you, so many nuggets uh, within those interviews. Really appreciate uh, the work that you're putting in in terms of uh, that access and being able to talk to our football coach. Man. Yeah, man, he has uh, certainly just uh, made an open door for us. And uh, it's all built on trust, like even with that staff-only meeting or you know, the team talks, he understands that the pregame show has the best interest of this program at heart, and we know what to do and what not to do and how to feed our rabid, passionate fan base uh, without also feeding our opponents and the haters as well. So always walking that fine line and striking that balance, but it all starts with Coach Prime's trust and his open doors 
uh, as far as uh, this media outlet being able to participate and shadow him uh, and this team throughout our travels. But we are, Chuck, 10 days away from game one, seven days away from traveling to game one. So, hey, man, let's get after it. The season is finally here. Man, the season is finally here. Looking forward to it. And the pregame show will be with you every step of the way. Looking forward to it. Uh, like you said, Neil, we'll come back with another Wednesday uh, show. And then we get to do it for real uh, down in South Beach next week. And as always, we want to thank our partners, Chambers and Gaylor, uh, for their uh, tremendous sponsorship of the pregame show. No doubt about it. Well, as an ode to all our former coaches and players, in the words of the great Coach Lip, Coach Edward Lipscomb, we got a team by golly. We're going to fight by golly. We're going to win by golly. Until next week, everybody, it's Bishop, it's Neely, it's the pregame show. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and for all those who's listening and watching it from around the world. And we are now live from the corner of Dalton and Lynch Street. It's the show where we take you inside the game before the game begins. It's indeed pregame with your host Charles Bishop and Neely. So get ready because we pregame harder than the other shows party. It's the pregame.